Hello, everyone. Welcome to Move More, Worry Less. I'm your host, Paige Vesta, the founder and designer at 13 Fit Apparel. March is Women's History Month, so we are celebrating women, and I figured to wrap the month up, I would highlight some of our female guests over the last couple of weeks. So the first guest I want to reintroduce you to is Stephanie Barone. She is the founder and lead photographer at Bear a Boudoir Experience. She is a boudoir photographer, and she's such an empowering person between being an entrepreneur, being able to live her dream of opening her own photography studio, but also being able to empower other women and other, not only women, but other people in their skin and their bodies is such a beautiful thing. So here's a little bit with Stephanie. In December, 2021, I finally got my studio for boudoir. It was I'm so, I still pinch myself sometimes. It was so exciting. Um, It was the scariest thing I've ever done. And I am still petrified every single morning that I wake up. But a friend said to me right before I signed the lease, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. And that's what pushed me to just go for it and sign the lease and trust that, you know, things are going to continue to move forward and build. Let's talk a little bit about confidence and insecurities. Um, So, we kind of talked about this before, before we were actually recording, um, that you definitely see common insecurities within people who are coming to shoot with you. And I would love to talk about what those insecurities are. Um, one out of curiosity, but two, I feel like maybe if other people hear that it's so common to feel insecure about certain things, they can let go of that feeling and be like, Oh, so many of us feel the same way, but like, why we don't think about those things about our friends or people that we love, or, you know, you don't love somebody based on if they've gained or lost five pounds or whatever the case is, you care about who they are inside. So, um, that's kind of why I want to dive into that. Absolutely. I think, and I think what you said, you wouldn't think those things or feel that way about, you know, a friend or a loved one. Um, and I think that people forget to put that into perspective when they're kind of negative talking themselves. It's like, would you say that to your best friend? Of course, sometimes we need tough love and we need realness. Um, but it's the way you choose your words and the way you speak to yourself. Um, you would probably never ever speak to anyone that you love that way. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say for the most part, it ends up being a mental block for like on the highest level. Um, people struggle with thinking that they're worthy of this experience. Um, and that probably does come from not feeling like adequate in their body. But I think for the most part, it comes from the mentality of it when it comes to physical parts. Um, a lot of people are insecure about their stomach area. Um, and yeah, I, I would just say, I mean, stomach area is a huge one. Yeah. Um, I would say, and then I would say people just don't feel like they're worthy. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe people, I think people feel that 
I don't want to say people feel like they're the only ones feeling that way because I don't think that they, they truly think that, but you know, when you're in that cycle of negativity, it can feel isolating. Right. To the fact that like, oh my God, I'm the only one that feels this way. Everyone else is super happy. Everyone else is going about their lives. Everyone's successful. And here I am. At least from like an outside perspective, like I've never been a photographer and I've never had a boudoir experience, but from the outside, you would think it's like purely aesthetic because it's photos. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really interesting that you bring mindset and all these other things into it because it really isn't, which leads us into my next question, which is about the, the journey from like before to after a shoot, the confidence shift and, and what that journey looks like for your clients. Cause I know you said, um, and I don't want to take any words out of your mouth that like you'll potentially say, but you were basically like by the end, the photos end up being like a happy side effect of what really happens in a session. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So, um, probably to jump ahead real quick of like why people do sessions. Um, okay. I think, and I'll, I'll kind of like lead into that only because I'm just going to say like a lot of people do it for, I'd say it's half and half. Some people do it for themselves completely. Mm-hmm. And then some people do it for like a gift for other people. So if you're doing it for a gift for other people, then your end goal is to have those images to look at. You're not really thinking about like anything in between you're doing it for someone. So you want these photos. <clears throat> if you're doing it for yourself, you're probably thinking about all this in between work. So either way, however your intentions are going into the session, you're going to get all this in between work. And just from, you know, all that prep, I think a lot of that mindset work starts to get people thinking and changing and um, picking up better habits. And then the session itself is just so empowering. It's so much fun. We have music going. There are mimosas, if that's your thing. Um, I mean, the glam portion of it is so much fun. My lead makeup artist, Jessie, shout out to Jessie. I don't know if she'll listen, (laughs) is incredible. She's one of my favorite people. Um, She's just so much fun. She walks into the room and it's just a party. Um, And we just, we have a blast during that part. We're just talking. Even if we've never met this person before, it's like, we're all best friends. Then we get into the photography part of it and the music's still going and they just feel like a badass bitch because they have this lingerie on, their hair is amazing, their their makeup is amazing and they're just feeling so powerful that they could essentially flip a car. So um, just guiding them through the poses and watching from like the first pose to the last pose and how they really start to become confident in their body and with their movements. And like, I don't have to say as much towards the end of the session as I do in the beginning. In the beginning, I'm doing a lot of guiding and I'm reminding them to make sure that they're constantly moving. And um, before the session, I sit down with them and go over like a 15 minute spiel of what to expect and kind of posing tips and all that. Um, So then during the session, I'm guiding them and just reminding of these tips that I had mentioned in the beginning. And it's just, it's like a complete 180 from how they start to how they end. People, people tend to come in and like, maybe they'll get changed like 
they'll like, you know, get changed and be real modest and have a robe on. And by the end, it's just tits out and everyone's walking around naked in the studio and just free and loving it. If you want to go listen to the full episode with Stephanie that was launched on February 15th, episode 24. It was a really, really fun conversation and I cannot wait to launch the bloopers reel because it was really, really funny to record with her. She's so great. Next, I'm very, very excited to reintroduce you to Angel Flores, AKA Archangel from season six of Queer Eye. She is a trans barbell athlete. On this episode, she talks about her journey and the challenges of being a trans athlete. So essentially the big fear with trans athletes and trans women in particular um, is that there is some sort of an advantage within our bodies that will naturally allow us to automatically be stronger, faster, um, better athletes than cisgender women, right? Um, so what the argument is, is that the that either we don't go on hormones, which is not true. We all, we, most of us, especially the athletes go on hormones. Um, and the second argument is that the hormones don't take away everything, right? That the hormones leave to get leave that leave behind some sort of like residual, um, like male biology, right? Um, however, like, um, did you have a question? No, no, I was okay. listening. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> actively listening. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, however, uh, as all trans women know, and as I know through, through my body. Mm-hmm. As the hormones take effect, especially after a year, year and a half, two years, the body basically wants to be completely cisgender. Like it wants to get you down to those levels. Um, so like my test got down to 20 for a good portion of time there. And like I, I've stuck at that for a long time because of hormone blockers, because of the natural blocking effects of estrogen and progesterone. Um, so essentially keeping tests low that long and keeping estrogen high that long puts your body in a state of, okay, let's drop muscle mass. Let's start to slowly drop bone density over time. And let's start to shrink tendons and ligaments in the hands, the feet, the body. Um, so my hands have gotten a little smaller. Um, my feet have gotten a little smaller. I've actually gone from an 11 and a half men's to an 11 and a half women's. Um, wow. Yeah. Depend, depending on the shoe company, because some companies make them real narrow and it's really hard. <laughs> but like in, in my Vivo Barefoots, for example, like I went from an 11 and a half to in men's to 11 and a half women's. Wow. Um, so like the, the hormones do a lot. And mm-hmm. as I train and as I move, I can feel that in my body that like, especially because I'm training next to cisgender peers who oftentimes are pushing themselves just as hard as I am. Right. I'm not like outperforming these women. I'm heavier than these women, right? So I'm, I'm, I can lift a little bit more weight, mass moves, mass, but pound for pound, there's a lot of girls around me and a lot of girls around me at competition that are so much stronger than I am, right? Um, and that's what a lot of people fail to, fail to realize is that like, because the hormones have brought me down to these levels now, I'm working just as hard, if not harder to keep up with my cisgender peers. Um, so I, I'm in the gym every day. Like I, I force feed myself every day. I'm putting the volume in whenever I can. I'm doing the extra technique work whenever I can. Um, and so like with the competition side, it's kind of like this argument of, oh, you have an advantage. 
we're not going to let you compete, even though you've put the work in this whole time. Right. Um, they're automatically banning us just on the, uh, the account of like, we think you have an advantage. So we're not even not, we're not even going to give you a chance. Right. right. Um, problem being, if there was some sort of like trans domination of sport, it would have happened already because we've been allowed to compete in the Olympics since 2004. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, essentially like there, there's this fear that we're going to come in and create these unbeatable records and just absolutely obliterate women's sports. Um, when in reality, like if we come in, we're probably just going to create an even larger Renaissance of women's sports. That's already starting right now. Right. So essentially that's where I kind of come in is I explain that, Hey, the hormones do a lot and the hormones kick our ass and the hormones bring us down to really, really low levels. If you look at a lot of the, like a lot of the transgender athletes who have been on hormones the longest. So if you look at Chloe Johnson, it's not like she's out here destroying the men and all of her CrossFit workouts. She's working just as hard as all the women to, to keep up. Right. Um, I have a lot of friends in the powerlifting world who have to work just as hard to keep up with the, with the other strong women in their gym. Um, and so I kind of work to illustrate that while bringing the awareness to the competition, to the competition side and saying that everybody should be allowed to chase championship, right? Everyone should be allowed to chase excellence. Everyone should be allowed to compete in so-called like fair competition. That was episode 25 launched on March 1st. My next guest is Michelle Blue. She is the host of The Journey with Blue, and she's also a coach. She has a really amazing story and is really inspiring. I've known her for many years at this point when she started her first business right out of college. I was helping her. um, I was doing some freelance design work for her and just watching her over the last I don't even know, I guess decade at this point has been really, really cool to see. She just does amazing stuff, guys. So listen in and I hope you enjoy. What is the future of the journey with Blue look like as far as, I mean, I know you're a coach and a host, so Mm -hmm. all of that, like where, where are you now? What are your, what are your plans? What's your vision? Yeah. So, um, that's a really great question because I am in a place of revisioning, I guess. Is yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> re-envisioning, um, what the journey with blue looks like, because I do have the bigger seasons of the shows. Um, but I think that's just so much of a gap between me and the connection with my audience. And so I'm looking at opportunities of, you know, doing a podcast as well. So there's a little bit more consistent connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I am hosting, um, launching, this is news, um, but launching an event series here in Atlanta um, to also like be able to get people in person because I think we're all like fiending for some in-person connection. Um, and so doing some live events and conversations, um, which do have a coaching element to it as well, Mm -hmm. um, for, for women to be able to be a part of, um, and then obviously the bigger shows as well. And then I do offer coaching. So one-on-one, um, and group coaching too. Yeah. I saw you post something the other day about Mm -hmm. government contracts. Am I allowed to ask you about that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like what? 
Yes. Um, so it is interesting. <laughs> it's something, one of those things that was birthed during the pandemic because life had shifted. Um, you know, there were no live events. So doing the journey with blue, um, like paid live speaking engagements and things like that, like that wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of those things thinking about, okay, well, what can I still offer? Right. And Mm -hmm. how do I still live? Um, and so I started an education consulting company. Um, so now I also teach entrepreneurship, um, and pretty much in the school system in New York, as well as like adults, um, who are looking for like career kind of placement and opportunities as well. Holy cow. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It is a little crazy. (laughs) What does that look like? I mean, I I don't even, I don't know how to even ask the question I want to ask, but like what? (laughs) Well, it is kind of a what, and I think it has even taken me by surprise Yeah, um, because I started it and I didn't really have, um, many connections like in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very blessed early on. So the New York city department of education is my biggest client, which oh is like, gosh. okay, like how did that happen? Um, and so it has been a great opportunity and yeah, I mean, it looks like now I do some facilitation, but I do have facilitators that work with me um, who lead these workshops. It has looked like building out a curriculum for a full district of like students um, and helping them learn entrepreneurship from a STEAM perspective. Um, so it, you know, when I say like it is still a part of my vision of a purpose-driven human being and helping other people step into their purpose, um, it still aligns and I love it. And it also has been, um, a great source of income. Yeah. It's so cool because although the different phases of your journey or the different steps you've taken all look so different, but you really are from like the girl who started Benet to what you're doing now, like you're still working towards, like you said, you're working towards that purpose and, and living in that. And I just think that's so wonderful that you're able to pivot what you're doing, but still able to work towards the thing that you really care about. If you could give advice to your younger self, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what would it be? Mm -hmm. And would you change anything? No, I can't it's a change anything. Question. Okay. I can't change anything. Um, because one change changes everything. Right. Love that. And um I take this journey for the mess, the beauty, the lessons, the failures, the sacrifices that it's been. Yeah. You know, and again, I chose that. Mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful with my choice. I'm very happy with my choice. Yeah. Um, I'm still very much in my process. And in my journey. So I don't speak this from someone who's arrived, who's (laughs) made the millions, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, has had this global impact. But I can say, like, I chose this life and Mm -hmm. I think I chose what was best for me. Um, I think one of the lessons would be like just to be free, just to be free. Um, I think there's so much of 
thinking about what other people think about you and how things are going to come off and having to um, be in this pretty picture of life when life is life is just life. Right. And I think, again, being able to show up and be as authentic in that as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll ask one more question and we'll wrap this up for anybody who is ready to take the leap, take a risk, step into their power, but they're not sure how to do that, or they're maybe hesitant. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah. Um, well, first, I would say contact me. Because- <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can call, hit me up. Um, because that's what I support women in doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in understanding, like, what are the fears? What are the the doubts? What are the hesitations? Um, and giving you a system that's going to support you, obviously, in shifting your mindset, shifting your perspective, but also giving you, um, supporting you in creating that strategy to eliminate some of that stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so call me, but um, <laughs> for those who are taking the leap, I always say right on the other side of your leap is the life and business of your dreams. And so, again, it is a, you get to choose. Will you let your fears keep you in a place that's, you know, is not for you in a lesser version of yourself? Or will you decide to move? And it really is just a choice of action. Our episode with Michelle was episode 22 on February 1st. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Move More, Worry Less. If you love this episode, please subscribe, share, rate, or review us to help us grow our mission. If you don't already, follow us on social at 13Fit Apparel and visit our website at www.13fitapparel.com. Thanks for listening.